And welcome in. It is Mile High Magazine. Another Sunday morning together. I am Murphy Houston. Hope you're safe. Hope you're healthy. Hope you have your mask on, your social distancing, and enjoying life as best you can. We're very honored today to have joining us is Dr. Larry Kaplan, a national leader on public health subjects, healthcare logistics, CEO of Docs Health, which is a progressive healthcare movement with one mission provide access to comprehensive health care and innovative solutions for schools military and government agencies, correctional facilities, and corporations around the world. Dr. Kaplan, how are you? I'm doing well, Murphy. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. I know you're very busy, and you're talking to people all around the country about what's happening with uh, COVID. And I guess that's right where we should jump in with these recent spikes of COVID happening around the country. What are we doing wrong? What do you think? What have led to the current spikes that's going on? I mean, here in Colorado, it seems to be a little better than some areas, but it's, it's not good here either. Well, we made a couple of mistakes pretty early on in the process here. Um, One of the things that we did was we locked everybody down all at the same time. So we really should have locked down probably the eastern half of New York, New Jersey, you know, all of Jersey, half of Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. So that sort of northeast part of the country locked down the eastern half of that. And then the western part of Oregon, Washington and, and California and then let the rest of the country be a little bit. Um, So what we did was we locked everybody down, and most of the areas of the country really hadn't had any infection or or minimal. And then after about 90 days, everyone got pretty well worn out of being locked up, and and we opened up the country. And then those areas like the south and the central part of the country that had not really been exposed experienced a wave that they're just now starting to – come down off the peak of. So that's that's why it felt like this has been dragged out a lot longer than it should have, but, but that's that's a big part of the reason. Well, and it seems like now, from some information that I get, the rural, era, rural areas like Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, they're now just kind of catching up and starting to get the COVID. Is that true? Yeah, that's so, and, and this is what you're going to see, right? There, this is, think of it like um, throwing a stone into the middle of a pool that you're going to get a wave that's going to go out and then it's going to hit the sides it's going to and it's going to come back in again and then it's going to go back out again and and we're going to experience that so we the higher concentrated areas first of all this is a highly contagious virus so people need to understand that and the 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 higher concentration areas got exposed first and now it's making its way out as people are, are moving around, it's making its way out into the more rural areas because those populations thought they really didn't have to worry about it, so they weren't wearing their masks, they weren't doing the, the distancing, but they're not immune from being, being infected. So this is, sort, this is expected. This is an, an unexpected course. Um, I would expect that places that have come down, like the Northeast, um, will start to pick back up again going into September and October. And how do you think this whole back-to-school controversy is going to roll out for all these different areas? It seems like every state is different. Every school district is different. We, well, let me start off with this. We need to get the kids back to school. So that needs to be a priority, um, and, and for multiple reasons. But among them is lack of education, loss of jobs, which is what's going to happen to parents who can't put their children back into school, Um, And poverty are critical issues as it relates to public health. 
it reduces life expectancy, it reduces outcomes, it's, it's a health issue. Uh, in, independent of that, the, the schools themselves, we have to look at where we have outbreaks and where we don't, and each individual geography is going to have to adjust accordingly, but we can open schools back up again. One of the areas we're not paying attention to that we need to is pre-screening people before they get to school and before, before they get to a location. If we did that, we would identify people with symptoms or exposures and redirect them and not have them come to the school in the first place. That's one of the critical steps that's not being taken care of by a lot of districts that are thinking about opening, and it's something they should do. Well, when you talk about pre-screening, are you talking teachers, students, students' families, though, everybody? Everyone. Everyone. Every person is, is capable of, of catching it, and every person is capable of communicating it. Now, children seem to catch it in, in a slightly lower frequency, and they tend to, to transfer it a little bit less because they're less symptomatic, which is logical. Sure. If I'm sneezing and coughing, I'm more likely to get what is coming out of my lungs or what's coming out of my, my nose and, and mouth onto you which is more likely to have you get infected. Right. If I'm asymptomatic, then it's really just what's transmitting in my breath. If I'm wearing a mask, if everyone's wearing a mask, and I mean a real mask, I don't mean a bandana. If we're really wearing real masks, the probability of transmitting the disease goes way down. But a bandana stopping a virus is like a chain link fence stopping a mosquito. So you're saying that I hear a lot of people saying any mask will help. It'll work. But now you're saying not a bandana because I see a lot of people, especially out here in Colorado, wearing bandanas. Yeah, it's, you know, it, the CDC has a tough job to do. And, you know, part of what they came out with was wear a face covering. And that was because healthcare workers, first responders needed masks because we were dealing with active cases on a continuous basis. And there was a significant shortage, and there still is a shortage of personal protective equipment. So the CDC said, well, some face covering is better than no face covering. And that's probably true, but the testing that we've done, a bandana doesn't stop a virus. And, and, it, and the easy way for you to feel it is if you can feel your breath easily through the bandana, then the moisture is going through and the virus is certainly going through. You're talking about something that's, you know, microns. Wow, body. yes. Good point. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that test on myself. I never thought about that. If I can feel my breath come through, because it is, because I've worn a mask as well. It's easier to breathe with a bandana on. And that's exactly the point, yeah, right? right? It's easier to breathe with a bandana because it's easier to have the airflow go in and out through the bandana, but the purpose of the mask, right, the, the better the mask, you get to N95 masks, the harder they are to wear because the tougher the air transfer is right. through the mask right. because the, si the size of the, of the uh, filtering of the mask is much, much denser. So, yeah, of course it's easier. Nothing is the easiest. Very so true. just think of it that way. It's practical, common sense, you know, it, but you really need to, if you can get a regular three-ply surgical mask, 
you're you're doing yourself and the people around you a pretty good service. Well, that's what I'm going to check into, and we advise everybody listening now to do the same. This is Dr. Larry Kaplan. Can you talk about, and I saw in your notes today, what is the CAP scan device? Well, so we we were looking for, because of what we do, whether it's for corporations or government agencies or schools, we were asked to help get everyone back to school or back to work. And the issue that we ran into was that we couldn't really find a device where people could pre-screen and we could identify whether they had been exposed or had symptoms and then have a device that accurately took temperature and cleared them based on that pre-screening before they got there. It just didn't exist. So we ultimately had to end up building the thing. And one of the big, big differences is that we're taking the temperature at the person's wrist not off of a thermal camera from their skin. You know, you know out in, in Denver, it's, I'm sure, gorgeous and sunny today because it's always gorgeous and sunny. Right, in Denver, you're right. right? Yep. And you have like 330 sunny days a year or something. And, um, and if I came walking in across a parking lot and it's a 90-degree sunny day, the temperature on my skin may be 101 or 102. And if you're taking it with a thermal camera, the temperature in the air plus the temperature of my skin, you get all kinds of false positive readings of increased temperature. When we took it at the wrist with using an infrared um, sensor, then we were able to calculate out core body temperature based on knowing what the radial artery and the vasculature causes that skin temperature to be, and it's all very close to the surface. So we're accurate within one-tenth of a degree Celsius, so it's wow. really accurate. And, um, and it gets, takes the temperature in two-tenths of a second. But what it's allowing is it's allowing school districts and churches and businesses with large shifts to be able to pre-screen everyone before they get there and then confirm that that person's supposed to be there has been cleared and that their temperature is normal, and then they can go into the space. It'll even tell you if you're not wearing a mask to please put your mask on. Really? Well, where did we get this device? Is it open to the public to purchase, or what? what is it? Yeah, so we have we have businesses from all over the world, really. Um, we have airports from around the world and different places that are doing it. But you can go to docshealthworks.com, and you'll see all the information and specifications and everything else about it and communicate directly into Docs Health, and they'll, they'll get you squared away. But it's um, – We've got a lot of athletic organizations that we're talk that are interested in putting it into place and stadiums and sure. festivals. You know, it it's uh, it's made a big difference, and and the the beauty of it is we're really catching people before they come to a location, so they're not. We don't have unhealthy people that are at risk of transmitting the virus coming there in the first place, and that's really critical. Well, it certainly sounds like it. I wanted to talk to you, too, because so many people don't think the, the, the COVID's going to get to them or how bad can it be. You often talk about some of the health after effects of COVID and how serious it can be. Can you address some of that? Well, yes, I, of course. COVID is not the regular flu. Um, you know, look, I personally had two people in my family pass away from it. Wow. So, And this was early in the process. They were both elderly, but one was infirmed, one wasn't. The the what we have now is we have a lot of people and Denver's a pretty young town, right? Right. We have a lot of people that say, hey, look, I'm young, I'm healthy. I hike, I bike, I climb 
hills and mountains. I do, you know, all the stuff that we love to do when we're in Colorado. And the probability of me having really bad outcomes from it is low. And that's true. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to have long-term damage. The average age of people going into the hospital has been reduced dramatically. We have, you know, people that are 20, 25, 30, 35 going into the hospital now, whereas in the early stages they were 65, 75, 85. We're much less likely to have that population, the younger, die from COVID. But what we are finding is that there's long-term lung damage, tissue damage. It's, in, it's impacting the inflammation in the blood vessels, and that, that's everywhere. So people are having cardiac issues or bowel issues or brain issues. They're throwing blood clots. So we're better at treating it than we used to be, but it's really important for people to understand that you can have long-term damage. And if you're 22 and you just spent two weeks in the hospital because of this, what do you think is going to happen when you're an older guy like me and you're in your, you know, 55, 56 years old? What do you think the lung, you know, the lung damage is going to be then and what's the impact going to be? We don't really know, but we, we're not looking forward to it. I can no, tell you that. God, it, that's scary. That's really scary. It is. So the best you can do is not get it. And the best way you can do that is wear a mask, maintain distance, wash your hands, don't go out if you don't feel well. Don't, you know, and be conscious of the people you're around. Wall, good words of advice there, Dr. Larry Kaplan. You know, those have been the words of advice from almost day one, right? Wear a mask, social distance, and wash your hands. Uh, you know what? Um, they have, but then <laughs> we made it hard on ourselves in healthcare because we said, wear, you don't really need a mask. Oh, yes, the mask works. Wait a second. Maybe it doesn't. Oh, you know what? Wear a bandana. Um, you can catch it from somebody who's asymptomatic. Oh, maybe you can't. Or we, we told people, yeah, I mean, there's been a host of this, right? And, and once we started to lose confidence in the popu- by the population, then we lost compliance. And that's what's made it hard. Right. So people, everyone is born with some level of common sense. I use it because you know that washing your hands is going to be helpful. You know that wearing a mask is going to be helpful. You know that if people are sick, you're going to want to stay away from them, regardless of what they have. So even though you've gotten mixed messages from various places, the things that you grew up knowing are still true. Bingo. I agree. Dr. Larry Kaplan, really appreciate the time today. Right on your game and keep spreading the word, would you? It's, it's my pleasure, and, and I appreciate the time. Um, hopefully, look, I love, I love Colorado. I've, I've spent a lot of time there. And, um, and I think that you, you have a great opportunity. You have a great you know, community, and, and what you tend to do is outdoors and more independent. And I think that you, that'll serve you well, too. So you'll get to still enjoy lifestyle out there. And, you know, you're just going to keep a little bit more distance than you did before. We will. Good words of advice. Thank you, doctor. Appreciate it. Be uh, well. Be well. And I'm sure we'll speak soon. We will. Uh, Murphy Houston here on Mile High Magazine. Next up is Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health to talk about more of the uh, school situations and what's going to happen. Stay tuned.